This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, what's your deal? Hey, what's your deal? Welcome to What's Your Deal? I'm your host, Ariana Lenarski. This is the podcast where we read tarot for special guests to find out where they've been and where they're going. And with me today is Hallie Bateman, one of my most favorite people. (laughs) Hi, Hallie. Hi. She is an illustrator and a writer and one of my best friends. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I had to check were, in with you. you I had to check in with you to make sure that was true. You were a bridesmaid. Oh, right. I was a bridesmaid. Yeah. And I on the drive here, I was thinking about how you told me after after like that was decided that you had a book on how to be a good bridesmaid <laughs> <But> <laughs> or our, something like that. It was very heteronormative. I remember yes. when I was reading it. It the was book like, was, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny because the book was like, your friend's probably going to be freaking out the whole time. She's definitely a bridezilla. <laughs> and just get ready to deal with a lot of bullshit. But that wasn't it at all. Like, you were insanely calm throughout your whole wedding process. And yeah. You didn't, I think you made a point to not let anyone else be stressed out, like, at all. Yeah. Right? It was a no stress rule. Yeah. It was fun. Did you feel stressed? No. The only things that stressed me out had nothing to do with the wedding. It was just like... Oh, right. Like your work or something. Like, like or yeah, just like, no, I, the wedding wasn't really stressful. And um, you like blessed our rings before we oh, yes. did a little like witch ceremony. And yeah. it was really fun. It was, it felt very secretive because you, obviously you guys got married in front of everybody. But I feel like the real wedding took yeah. place backstage <laughs> with you and Jack, Jack is Hallie's husband privately in a little tiny room yep, right? in a closet and we and, yeah and we like got out the palo santo and like i said a prayer and bound you guys really yeah. by witchcraft like yeah. your your marriage is bound by that witchcraft. was when it happened really yes yeah how does jack feel about that i think he loved it oh great. we both loved it it was great um, um yeah <laughs> we our our paths to being friends is the most bizarre and continually bizarre just like I don't know, very bound by coincidence. Yes. Yeah. Um, We seem to, I mean, I actually don't know if I believe in like karma and past lives and that kind of stuff, but the way that our families intersect is very strange. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Hallie's brother, Ben, I went to college with and we were friends and Hallie came up to visit once and I met her and she was really cool. And I remember Ben was always like, my sister's really cool. My sister's really cool. Like you have to Which get to know my sister. he would never say to my face. No, he would never say that to your face. And you came to visit Los Angeles. And I think I've, I said this like in my, my toast to you guys, but I was like, I know Hallie's coming. So she's really cool. <laughs> so I've got to be really cool. And I, and I remember deliberately being like, I'm going to, I'm going to be cool person. Like I'm going to let go of all my, my insecurities and just be cool because otherwise she won't accept me. So. <laughs> well, even before that, even before we hung out individually, you came to my family's Thanksgiving. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And like, we didn't super connect. No, like we you didn't. were a little bit shy. Your brother yeah. was there. Like it I was kind of, you were definitely cool. my brother's friend. Yes. And so then, I don't know, I guess, I think when I moved to New York, you left a message on my phone just telling me that you thought it was cool that I moved to New York. And then when I finally visited L.A., we hung out and, like, that was more like, oh, instant friends. Yeah. Don't even remember that you're my brother's friend. Yeah. And then a year, no, two years into living in Los Angeles, I moved and I told you where my new apartment was. And you were like, that's where my mom lives. Yeah, it was <laughs> so, so I bizarre. I live right next to Ariana's mom. Yeah. You moved into my mother's apartment complex. Yeah. But it's even more... Like, I see them walk by my window every day. <laughs> but it's even crazier than that, because that year before you moved in, we we would hike every weekend. And as we were doing that, you were writing a book with your mother mm -hmm. called What, what to, to Do, do When I'm Gone. gone. Out everywhere. This is a great plug. Yeah. Which is, would you like to plug what the, what the book is? It's a book I wrote with my mom out of a desperate fear of her dying. And she's a really funny writer. So we wrote a book together that I illustrated that is, um, yeah, meant to, uh, I guess, lead, lead someone who's lost their mother through the rest of their life without their mom. And it's way funnier and uh, less... <laughs> horrible than it sounds but it's also really sweet and touching yeah yeah they're real it's they're it's serious real. Yeah. instructions my mom is very healthy she's fine but it is <laughs> it is real um anyway so, so you spent the whole year right yeah. i mean i was with you as you were pain like painstakingly making this mm -hmm. insane like you we were like watercoloring the book right was that gouache the main is the what's it called it's called wash gouache oh gouache goodness Actually, the word is G-O-U-C-H-E, and I used to call it gauche. I didn't even know how to say it. That's so time. dominant to be doing a kind of art and not pronounce it right I and know. be really good at it anyway. I know. <laughs> um, so anyway, I like saw you doing this project for so long, and I was like, man, I wish I was close to my mom. I just hadn't been that close to her in many years. And then when you were done, immediately you were like, oh, I'm moving, <laughs> and you moved in with my mom. And I remember thinking, like, I'm going to have to be closer to my mom now because yeah. Hallie is one of my best friends, and I see her every week. So now I'm going to have to see my mom every week. Yeah. And lo and behold, our relationship has – me and my mom, our relationship has gotten better since you forced me to <laughs> get to know her. <laughs> be more close with her it's, it's crazy it's really crazy yeah. um and then the other thing that was weird was we found out that ben your brother and my brother act in san francisco actually live a block away from each other without mm -hmm. meaning to either mm -hmm. so it seems like yeah. our families are weirdly like bound there's some way. kind of thing going on there yeah that... do you think you're my guardian angel that, that's a weird power dynamic no i don't think that at all because 
that could just as easily you be my guardian oh, angel. I we think can we're both just, be each other's guardian. I think we're just like friends. magical buddies. I think we're just, <laughs> I think we're just buddies with like a lot more going on than just because I, I, there's like this phrase that's like there people are friends for like a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And so it's always interesting when you make a friend oh, and you're... Where does that come from? That sounds like a bird song or something. Um, my friend's... My friend's... Uh, Adia's mom said it, wow. but I think it's a thing. I almost got goosebumps A reason, a season, or a lifetime. And sometimes you can look back and be like, oh, we were only friends because living in this city was really hard and we needed to, we needed to be together. And then you move away and you realize that was only the reason that you were together. Mm-hmm. And then so... I don't know. Our story is interesting because, like, you had an entire segment of your life where you were friends with another Bateman, and you guys are really close friends. What if in a few years Nick is your bestie? Like- I don't know how I deal with that. But Nick is Hallie's much younger. My <laughs> other brother. Um, anyway, just it's, I mean, I want to knock them all out. Totally, I want to knock out each sibling totally. and make sure I drain them of all their life force it's for very, myself. It's just it's very interesting, and I'm excited to see where it goes. I feel like Me it's too. like a it's full of surprises. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think something I really appreciate you about you is how willing you are to try different things that kind of push the boundaries of what it means to be alive. You know, like you're willing to take risks and not physically, though. Not. not I don't know if that's I don't totally do, true. I won't well, do anymore. a physical extreme. Like, I don't want to jump off anything or climb up anything. Well, I was I mean, like I was talking <laughs> to you about this bef- before we started. But like I was thinking about the monastery, basically, that you were at. Yeah. The you know. meditation retreat. But that's just like sort of physical. No? That is. a It is physical. But all I mean is to say I'm not a risk taker when it comes to like my life. Oh, like a daredevil. I'm a risk taker when it's like. Um, I was I was talking to someone recently about scuba diving and they were kind of trying to convince me that I could scuba dive and I was like let me be totally clear I don't have any interest in scuba <laughs> diving like I'm terrified of the ocean I don't want to do anything like that but like when it comes to emotional or creative boundaries those are the things right. I'm totally you're an emotional daredevil I'm an emotional daredevil <laughs> absolutely yeah because um, because I think like so what Ariana's referring to um, there is a set of meditation centers around the world called Vipassana. And I heard about this from like my most hippie college friend um, who went to one and it's like a 10 day silent retreat. So you you go to this place and it's actually free, like it's donation based. So they house you, they feed you, you meditate for 10 days and like they take away your phone, your notebook, your like for me, my sketchbook, everything. And um, you're just silent and you learn how to meditate and try not to go crazy. And um, in 2015, I believe, I um, decided to go to one. And yeah, it was like very, it was like a boot camp of <laughs> my insides. Like, it was like, um, had you done much meditation before that? No. Wow. And I find it very difficult. Um, and I'm trying to remember what I, I, I think my point when I started talking about it was that like when I made the decision to go to the meditation retreat, I was very amused by the fact that there's no way I could come out of this the same person as I was before. Like I'm very interested in doing things where like that's going to change your life. Who knows how, but it definitely mm. will. And that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, it did remember, definitely yeah, change my how, life. How do you how, how did it feel? How do you feel it changed your life? Do you remember the um, arc of it all? Yeah, I do. I I wrote a comic about it that if you want to read, it goes into more depth um, on BuzzFeed. The title is <laughs> something about silent meditation retreat. But um, basically... I went in and they like took everything away and I immediately had like very bad separation anxiety from my sketchbook because I draw every day and saw this as an experience. Like I like to document everything and immediately I was like, oh shit, how am I going to remember everything mm -hmm. that happens? And then... Um, that was within the first day you were feeling yes, that Yes, immediately mm -hmm. when they... Because I didn't really realize how much they like, they really like, they like have you hand everything over you just have like your clothes and um so yeah I immediately felt like separation anxiety and then we go into this hall where it's just like a big kind of like gymnasium this was in Massachusetts um and everyone sits down on like these pillows and they the meditations are all on a video screen led by some dead guy that <laughs> like you founded this retreat or something. I'm not talking very eloquently about it, but so the dead guys talking and like the first impression is very much like I'm in a cult. This is really scary. <laughs> um, so there's some, you have to like swallow that feeling, which is I'm particularly scared of joining a cult by accident because I think that that thing of like, well, this will change my life. Right, right. Like that's what people who join cults are looking for. Yeah. So, are you a feeling um, of like, here, finally? I know. Yeah, because uh, we're last, all looking for that. I can give away my agency. Yeah. So i I kind of had you. I kind of had to swallow that like that suspicion in order to actually learn anything that they were talking about. And then once I I did that, basically the entire thing is not really about like. It's not like, oh, this this is going to change your life. You're going to get rich or whatever they might promise. It was it was very much like based in the body. So mm -hmm. the meditation practice was like start by by like feeling the tip of your nose. And then for like three days, you just feel <laughs> you sit there for like eight hours a day and you have little breaks like between. But basically hours and hours and hours, you're just instructed to like think and feel the tip of your nose. And then they they go further to like feeling your breath and then feel like it kind of expands and from the days like you go the meditation goes through your body and then for the first few days I just completely didn't do like didn't really do any of what they were instructing because my mind was just exploding I was not speaking any words to anyone so my mind was just like and then that time in second grade and then that time in college <laughs> and then that girl who did that and who said that and then this said that and then what were you thinking about that and like it was just Maniac came list up. of literally I exhausted my mind. I literally went through every memory, every person, every feeling attached to those relationships. Like I just went through everything and then I thought every thought that I could and then I basically ran out. And then that's when I started to actually <laughs> meditate because the silence forced me to like you can't talk even in your room. You have a roommate. I lived with a girl slept in the same room with her and didn't speak to her for 10 days. Would you so, look at each other? Did you feel like you could acknowledge each other? Um, Not really. It no, was such we didn't a private try. experience. It was oh just, my God. it was so internal and it was so weird. And, and then we would have these breaks where like before meals or after meals, we would walk out and 
we could kind of pace this lawn and we would like just not talk but a bunch of people just walking kind of around this like little forest trail lawn and that was really kind of my saving like that kind of kept me from going insane was just like being able to like be outside and I really like focused on like the bugs that I saw and stuff and eventually I think I did I think I talked to myself I'm trying to remember out loud I talked to myself out loud even though it was not allowed and I would like make myself laugh and stuff Mm -hmm. like I would I because there was like at night and stuff there would really not be anyone out there Mm -hmm. so I would walk around and I would just like tell the story of what had happened that day or what I had felt and I would just say it out loud to myself and I knew I was kind of cheating, but it was like very soothing to me. And I was desperately trying to implant everything in my mind because I knew I wanted to write about this experience. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to, I didn't have any trust in my mind to hold on to ideas because Mm -hmm. I write everything down and I always have a sketchbook there or a phone or something. So I basically was like, oh my God, if I don't say this, if I don't repeat this story 10 times to myself about my thought in the dining hall this morning, like I'm not going to remember it and I'm not going to be able to like write it down later. So I was kind of like obsessively note keeping in my mind. And then um, the meditation as the days went on got really interesting. It was like went from me not even really trying to like feeling a wave of sensation going from like my nose to my toes and back. And like it was all about like trying to remember like obviously I'm not really much of a meditator (laughs) in my life right now um, because it's not fresh on my mind but um, basically you would like use your mind to travel around your body and you would feel a prickle of pain somewhere and you would stay on that prickle of pain until it dissipated and then you would move on and then once you were in the flow of this you like feel your you can eventually like feel your entire body like tingle in this really crazy way. And by the end of it, I was like, kind of like, I'm so good at this. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really funny to, to, so you became a master. Well, I think I just, I I, like, once I master the tingle, like I, I remember like, so the, the last day, one of the most interesting parts of it was when everyone suddenly got released to talk. It was wild. It would be like coming up from the bottom of the ocean, I feel like. Yeah. So we were all in the hall on the last day and I don't know, they were like, all right, talk now. (laughs) People kind of started to just like, like grow, grow until the Mm -hmm. hall was like full of the sound of people talking and they were, everyone was strangers. So I think everyone was just like, hi, talk to me. (laughs) And then um, at lunch that day, I spoke to a woman who um had had the retreat booked for her by a friend as a gift. Oh boy. She brought sunglasses and a swimsuit oh and God, thought that it was no. a what? fancy yoga retreat by the sun. That's and this so and funny. This girl arrived and was like, I'm in a fucking cult. I have to get out of here. <laughs> she was so freaked out for like the first two days. She didn't know what to do. She was like gonna call the cops. Like she didn't have a car. She didn't have a way to get out. Her friend, her friend pranked so her like funny. hardcore. That's so funny. I you have then, to wonder if this woman like talks a lot in the relationship, and the woman like uh, I don't know. She was, was really she was like this awesome like 
British filmmaker, and she she was That's she so was like eventually, she was like yeah it was a cool experience, but like <laughs> she thought that she was going to be drinking mimosas by a pool, um, so that was it was wild to find out what people had gone into it uh-huh. with um another woman that's like a that's like a sitcom for that to have happened yeah. to that woman yeah another woman was had been recently married and part of her deal with her husband was that he had to go on this retreat too which i get mm-hmm. actually i think that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. um but so her husband was there and they both did it as like a i don't know she wanted him to get where she was coming from wow. with her meditation and then that night, like the final night, my roommate and I stayed up the entire night talking. Wow. Like she was just this this young woman who was like kind of around my age, like wanting to make art. And we both, you know, had been silent for 10 days and had been through remarkably similar like experiences. Mm-hmm. So we just like talked for the entire night. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting um, and like a really cool part of it. And then, yeah, and then I went home and I did... I, my mind did hold on to everything, mm-hmm. and then I wrote a piece about it, um, and then kept up my practice for a few months. I kind of like tapered off, but it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how I feel. I, I do kind of want to go back, but yeah, I don't know how. Where are you I've, at now in terms of well, like a, Do you have like a meditation practice or spiritual practice or anything like that? I would say that um, our hiking. Every Sunday is probably the closest thing that I have had to that. Um, And, you know, ironically, because I I think I'm someone who's lent to extremes. So like a 10 day thing where you're forced to meditate was really appealing to me Mm -hmm. because I struggle to do that (laughs) in, in my daily life. And what I don't really love about the Vipassana way or whatever, they're like, you can't use any other type of meditation. You'll corrupt the stuff that you're doing. And it has to be an hour in the morning and an hour at night. And it's just like I was able to keep it up for a while. But like, I don't know. That's a lot. It's a lot. Of <laughs> it's a lot. Um, so, yeah, I I don't really have a meditation practice now. And I feel guilty about it a lot. Interesting. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to read the tarot of Hallie Bateman. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to What's Your Deal? We are about to read the tarot of Hallie Bateman. Hallie, what are you thinking about for your question today? I have a really specific thing that I want to ask about. Shuffle them while you're. And I was thinking about how you're like always like the more specific, the better. So I tried to think of something very specific. Um, On Friday, I am going to a high school to participate in like a career day type of thing. Um, where I answer questions from teens about my work. I've done that before, and I'm terrified of teenagers, and they do not give a shit about... Like, I think my job is cool. I don't know if they do, and I don't know how to, like, communicate effectively or, like, not be scared of them. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask about that. Okay. 
Um, what's the what's the are you going to be like in an auditorium or we're going to be in like an auditorium at different tables and then teens will like come around and like ask. OK, and I like, see. So you'll be sitting there almost like at a at a booth or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I've the time I did did something like the school visit before um, it was kind of like a teacher like forcing teens to ask questions <laughs> and it was. It was very humbling. It was very humbling. And I I want to, I don't know, I feel like I, I want to communicate my enthusiasm for my work in a way that is, like, genuine to me. And I feel like I often, like, am so scared of teenagers <laughs> that I'm, like, like, try to play it cool. Mm-hmm. I see. So you, you want to be, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're looking for ways to stay authentic, um, even if the external reaction yeah, doesn't seem to be landing. Totally, right? which is honestly like they are. Re- that's representative of like what it's like to be an artist in any ways. Right. So many people okay. don't give a shit about yeah. your work, and do you? How do you want to respond to that? Do you want to just like shut yourself down and pretend like, oh yeah, I don't think what I do is cool either. <laughs> like, I don't okay. know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So I want you to cut the deck with your left hand into three separate piles and then go ahead and put them back together in any order that you choose. Okay. I'm going to say a brief prayer over these cards. So, oh my gosh, we're starting with the five of cups leading into the reverse ten of cups and finally the star. Ooh. How beautiful. What a wow. spread you have. What a dichotomy I, know. I love this dichotomy. So um, the first card in the past position is the five of cups, which we've, if you've seen before, yes? Mm-hmm. It's the figure in the long black shroud who's staring at his cups that have fallen over um, even as two cups remain behind him. Um, but this figure is very focused on these cups that have spilled. So um I mean, I know you personally, and I know you had a, actually a difficult time in school, mm-hmm. socially. Mm-hmm. So it's this is it's triggering to go <clears throat> back wow. to school. Wow, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. There's a part of you that still is disappointed that you didn't have a better experience in school. You know, yeah. um, you had maybe expectations about friends or whatever it is. What what a social <laughs> experience is supposed to be like in that simply didn't happen you know Mm -hmm. and that was um that can lead to obviously disappointment um and so there is still some grief to be had about that you know like feeling as though something that every child should have somehow didn't wasn't a part of your life and perhaps you're still feeling like there is something if you could befriend these teens it would If only they would accept me. If only they would accept you, this part of yourself that still feels unlovable or something like that would finally be healed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Literally on the way here, I was like, what could I wear that would make him think that I so was funny. cool? Well, you know, um, expectations is going to get you every time. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a lot of what the Five of Cups is about is to, to you know, ex- the acceptance of the past and grief and all that kind of stuff of that that lack of that just missing that emotional boat basically that you had hoped for but there's a freedom in moving on from that you know what i mean there's a freedom now as you turn to the two cups that remain and two the two of cups always means connection um there's a there you have the uh, 
you actually have the ability now to um, not go back in time, but you have the chance to heal yourself by not having expectations this time. Wow. Do you know what I mean? So you get to walk back into this experience <laughs> and into this, um, you know, place without a wall around your heart. You actually get to kind of walk in and be like, well, I'm just going to be myself and not have any expectations at all. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's very possible. In the in the present position is the reverse 10 of cups, so to me, oh, okay, I see. So 10s uh, usually indicate ends of a, uh, ends of cycles and cups is about emotions and your heart and mm. love and imagination all that kind of stuff. So you're very and for it to be reversed is like you're almost there. Like this is this is the step into letting go and integrating this kind of past you know, past pain and all that kind of stuff. Can Go I ahead. shed some more light on this? Sure, yes. Card? Yes, she's pointing to the, path, the, the card in the past. Shrouded in shrouded black figure. character. When I think about my... I, I totally think you nailed something with, like, f feeling grief over my own experience, and that's probably why going to schools is so scary. Mm -hmm. um, part of mixing that with my professional life, like, I'm not just going to a school... As myself, Allie. I'm going to a school uh, as my professional role. Mm -hmm. And like sometimes um, when I reach a professional milestone, like I like announce that I'm working on a new book or something, there is a dark part of me <laughs> that I believe is this character that's like, they're going to see that and they're going to know and they're going to regret that they, they were, were wrong <laughs> for rejecting me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like, get that. I think that's a lot of what artists, <laughs> artists are doing. It's <laughs> a big part of being successful is telling the past people to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't, I think that, I think that they just, there's no certain individual that's represent, that I'm trying to, to screw over right. or whatever. But I think there is a drive to go back and with my work, rewrite who like who you saw me as i was this, this the whole time <laughs> yeah big girls <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 um anyway uh well i think and i and i do have like a i was actually talking about this in i think i told you how in therapy i went through imagined revenge with mm -hmm. my therapist like mm -hmm. I feel like revenge is very healing for me this is, sounds bad but allow me to I, explain I think a lot of people kind of understand so that in therapy I was talking about how angry I am at like certain men from my past and how like my best friend Alice who's like a very sunny person was like why don't you just forgive and forget just get over it. what's the point in holding on to that and I was like I will never let go and then I was telling my therapist about that and she was like well why don't we take this to its, you know, natural conclusion? Why don't you tell me what would make you feel feel better about these? And there was literally like a little kid in my ki preschool class. Oh my god! Who locked me in a bathroom? Oof! And she was like, "What would have made you feel better about that?" And I was like, "I would like to kick open the bathroom door, walk over and punch him in the face." <laughs> and so like I, in my mind, went out and punched Excellent. a preschooler in the face, <laughs> and it felt so good. And I told my therapist how good that felt, and she's like, "Yeah, like." Not everyone is a is a forgive and forget. That doesn't work for everyone. So what works for me is getting imaginary revenge. 
Um, and so he was like, why don't you write down all the men you're angry at and then imagine your revenge and we'll do that next time. And then I did write a whole list Wonderful. of men that I was angry at and I imagined revenge. One guy, I just stood on him for a while. Another guy, I almost hit him with my car, but I didn't. Like, it was like a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> like, I don't want to kill anyone in my even imagination, but I do want to like spook scare him a little. Uh, spook him. <laughs> and so um, anyway, I'm just giving some context to like, Whatever this healing journey is, how can, <laughs> how can we work with my special need? Well, I th- would take it even one step further with your therapist is that, that a lot of times what Alice is talking about of just wanting to just forgive and forget is something that we call spiritual bypassing. Ooh. And it's where you try to hop ahead of your own <gasps> process because, you know, which honestly the people that have harmed you hope you'll do like they hope that you'll just simply never be angry and you know what I mean like you'll never actually uh, express the basically the consequences of their actions they you know there's the hope that you'll just why don't you just forgive and forget it's like you you have to be angry first like that's a crucial part of forgiving and forgetting you have to be angry Um, for 29 years you have to be angry for 29 (laughs) years well that's well that's repressed anger right this is actually what your therapist is doing i think is extremely helpful like there has to be a moment of actually expressing the anger she called it like closing the loop uh absolutely Yeah. Yeah. yeah i think the order to me i think it is the same as grief if someone harms you i think there's denial then you feel angry then there's probably the bargaining process and then maybe there's the accept the forgiving and forgetting but yeah. the forgiving and forgetting doesn't necessarily mean that the person is absolved it's just that you know they don't matter anymore maybe it's uh not um something that has that is you're not giving your personal power away to them which a lot of times repressing your anger can do. Express Expressing anger doesn't give your power away, which I yeah. think a lot of people misinterpret, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why people are like, let's just forgive me. Don't be angry. Don't be angry. But like a- being angry is so important. It's yeah. so important. Yeah. Um, but to me, at least, mo- being actually angry and yelling or whatever it needs, doesn't have to be at the person. Um, but actually expressing it is so important. I think anger needs to be appreciated so i think anger should be put in a position where it's appreciated which a lot of times isn't going to be the person that made you angry because they want to pretend like exactly they they didn't do it and i think something um for your so for your need quote needs with revenge i think that's very healthy and like i actually do think it's going to lead to forgiveness that doesn't necessarily like Again, absolve anybody, but you do forgive. Them. Maybe I have to just forgive a school. Like yeah, maybe I, mean, I have I to go so. up in front of the high school and just say, "In my mind, I'm burning you down." Uh, I mean, yeah. I, honestly, yeah. Like I've done <laughs> stuff. Like I've gone to old houses where I've experienced trauma and literally like done. Wow. Which is a little crazy. I'm now since <laughs> I realize I'm saying it out loud, but I've like done like little spells yeah. in front of old houses and re- tried to release the wow. feeling. Um. Really glad the people in the house didn't see a witch standing outside casting a spell. <laughs> um, but I, I think, um, I mean, I think you're having a healthy process, and the next step is to truly believe that nothing that these people were doing was personal to you. Like it just wasn't. Yeah, they were in their own little worlds. They were like undeveloped children and didn't even like see you as a person. 
And anything that happens now when you go to this school is not going to be personal either. As long as you're coming from an authentic place wow. and you can remember that you're a lovable person that deserves to exist on this planet, there's <laughs> any rejection, quote, rejection yeah. feeling is going to be kind of an illusion right. based on their own projection of whatever is going on with them. And they're probably really unhappy because they're in school. Right. So their lives suck. Yeah. Don't forget that their lives suck. <laughs> <laughs> so if they treat you in any kind of way, it's because they're under yeah. duress and have to go to school and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's true. It's still triggering, though. Yeah. So you can like hang into that. But but to me to see this in the present position means that you're, you know, you're you're starting to reach the ceiling of whatever pain you may have yeah. felt for many years, you know. Yeah. Because then is the star after that. And what is that? In the future position, the star is hope and peace. The star is a new way. The star is a naked woman pouring water from an urn into mm -hmm. a pool and then there's bunch of stars over there's a bunch head. of stars and she's pouring water back into the pool and onto the ground oh. so it almost appears as though she's wasting it but there's a sense of like abundance with that like there's okay. always going to be more yeah. love you know what i mean um it's like a fantasy almost like she's standing on the water and not falling into the pool right. so there's this sense of fantastical this is the sense of hope that you feel the star is just a very beautiful card. It's just the sense of hope you feel when you might not have any reason, material reason for it. Right. It's the light at the end of the tunnel, but like not a train. Yeah. It's the North Star. So it comes along to say like, this is truly, let this star guide you through this next part in your emotional. Wow. Um, a new emotional cycle is, is occurring. So follow this star through, pass through this portal, you know, pass through this yeah. portal into the next phase in your life where... Uh, you are loved forever. Like there's there's really no chance ever again of someone coming along and telling you that you're unlovable. That's just not going to happen ever again. That's the right. star. The star comes along to with a promise of that. Wow. If you can accept your mission. <laughs> <laughs> also, I also want to say the star is very much like a celebrity card. So step into this role of the star. Like I think people oh. are, that's something too, is take responsibility for your own power. Yeah. You may feel weird about yourself, but you're a really accomplished illustrator and someone that a lot of people look up to. So it's important to stay grounded in that role and really, you know, be comfortable with, um, Here's a way light that I, you shine. Here's a way that I could think about it is if I was in school and they had like a career day like this, um, I would have loved to see someone who was making art and talk to them about mm -hmm. it. And like maybe I can the healing part can be like, which one of these kids little Hallie. like me? Yeah. You're right is miserable yeah but maybe i don't know yeah it could be like oh there's it gets it gets better yeah go back and she's in the crowd yeah so you're gonna find her and wow. look her in the eyes wow she may not look back the way you want her to but i mean if i'm being honest like my high school self probably would be so scared of me now that i wouldn't talk to me you could even say the stuff you're saying there yeah, You know, like yeah. you can say, gosh, I really wish someone had come and talked to me about art. I was so upset. I felt so under duress. School sucks. You can say all this. You can yeah. literally, literally by you talking about your experience in high school, there are going to be people in the crowd that will relate to that. 
I wonder if the man will shut me down. <laughs> Who's the man? Who, I don't know. The principal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're more powerful. The principal wishes he was you. Right. Um, I was thinking about, I make these, like, I have a um, card printer, like a ID card printer. Ariana actually has helped me many times yes. printing this product that I make called Artistic Licenses, um, where people, like, commission one I'll draw their portrait and it's like write their answers to a few questions and then I print it on like an actual card and I was thinking about printing like paper versions for the career fair and then I was like is that too dorky (laughs) boy Uh, but I but it could give me a way to talk to people with also like let people feel free to feel that way you know what I mean yeah Um, if you feel like it's dorky like let let a dork right feel safe yeah make the cool kids feel uncomfortable it's just um you know how like when you're a teen like unabashed enthusiasm about anything is like not cool right I think that's what the hang-up is but I think if I'm I should let my freak flag fly absolutely because the thing is you are successful so you're cool when you're right. when you're when you're enthusiastic in middle school or high school, you just are you're just a high schooler. But you're actually a professional enthusiastic person. Right. So Yeah. Don't forget. I think enthusiasm is great. Yeah, of course. I'm really enthusiastic about it. <laughs> this is a good practice. I don't think it's cool. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> you didn't learn anything. You didn't learn anything from what we just did here. <laughs> um, is there anything that else that you want to plug? Um, let's see. How can people find you? You can find me at halliebateman.com or on Instagram at Hallith Bates. Hallith. Not my name, but it's just something I made up in 2007. Halith Bates. Um, and yeah, my book is called What to Do When I'm Gone. And it's good and you should read it with your mom. Where can they buy it? Where can they find it? You can find it on Amazon or order it from your local bookstore or just get it anywhere that books are sold. And people can purchase artistic licenses too. Yes. Right? Are those um, up so for sale? I have a shop where you can buy your own artistic license and lots of other stuff. Yeah, you have like a ton of prints and I have a lot of prints. I have a Patreon called the Super oh, Secret right, yes. Art Club, which is like one of my favorite things um lately. And yeah. And my favorite print of yours is the print that says it's a miracle we ever met. Uh-huh. Where it has all the people like go- I think you know that that's everyone's obsessed with that one. Mm-hmm. So check that out. That's one of my favorite ones. Thanks for coming on, Hallie. You're welcome. This is helpful. Thanks for, for you. having me. Thanks everybody. We will see you next time. Bye.